Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. New podcasters often report finding their voice as one of their biggest challenges. Unless, of course, that new podcaster has prior on-stage experience. Hmm. Now, here's how those two worlds are colliding. Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. This week, I've been talking about how big media is encroaching into podcasting and how podcasting is encroaching into big media. I covered TV. I covered radio. I covered print. And you're probably thinking, isn't that it? To which I would agree, that is it. But you say, I do four-part miniseries, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I need to do something else. So while it's a stretch, I thought I'd talk about not necessarily media, but a group of people who are finding great success in podcasting. And those are the public speakers, keynote speakers, presenters, people who do webinars. Stand-up comedians, lecturers, orators, whatever. The people who have been out there since the beginning of time, standing on a rock or on a stage or on a milk crate, preachers, I guess, behind a lectern, who talk to their audience on a regular basis. An audience of zero, if there's some crazy person standing on the street corner, or the audiences of hundreds of thousands, millions, if they've got a wide audience watching them through, you know, television and stuff like that. Because podcasting requires a voice. And while it is a great democratizing medium, anybody that can grab a microphone or even the mic cable or the headphones, the earbuds that came with your smartphone, you've got everything you need to make a podcast. And most podcasters are hobbyists. They're not professionals. You don't have to go to voice training school. You don't have to go to broadcasting school to learn how to have the sonorous pipes. No, we want an authentic voice in podcasting. I get it. As much as I hate the word authentic, we all know what it means in this case. We want people, real people, telling their stories. We don't care, really we shouldn't care, about things like vocal fry other issues that come up with voices aren't perfect because these aren't professional paid announcers, by and large, in podcasting. Just peeps like you and like me. I get it. I agree with all of that stuff. But one thing to remember is the listening audience. It's really their decision whether they like your voice or not. And that's why, as I said at the beginning of the program, that lots of new podcasters struggle finding a voice that they, the podcaster, are comfortable with, that they think, and they actually have to think about this, 
that the audience is also going to like. That's not easy. If you don't have a strong presence, if you don't have a good command of the native language you are speaking on the program, if you got a thick accent, all of these things can get in the way. They don't always get in the way because, again, podcasting is about letting your real, true voice come through. In lots of podcasts, some are way more professional. Some want that deep, sonorous tone. Some need professional narration. Some need high-end voice talent. But a lot of them, most of them, in fact, it's just you being you, man, or woman. Just do it. Just get behind the microphone and talk, right? I get that stuff. Great, okay. But again, as I said at the beginning, there is a group of podcasters, some of which have been doing this from the beginning, hi, who have experience being behind a microphone. You might say we have an unfair advantage over those that don't have professional mic experience. And I would agree that we do have an advantage. I'm not sure it's unfair. It's not like we just popped out like this. <laughs> we worked at it. But I'm thinking about other people like myself who have been keynote speakers, who have done presentations, who have conducted webinars, all of those services. They find it a lot easier to get into podcasting. Maybe we do have an advantage. Again, I don't think it's unfair. But it's a lot easier for us to jump behind a microphone because we're comfortable with the way our voice sounds. We've gotten over the fact that we don't like our voice. We didn't like our voice when we first heard it played back through headphones. We got over that. You should get over that. Because it's reality. Everybody has to get over this little fact. And you can get better. You can work on things. If there's something about your voice that you want to change, you can change it probably. A lot of things. Not, 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 not some. There are some congenital challenges, and I get that. But for the rest of the people out there, you can work on the things if, in fact, you want to. But you do not have to do that. Voices are changing. Podcasting's voice today doesn't sound like Radio 1932. We don't all sound like regular voice announcer. No, we don't do that anymore. Things have changed. Natural voices are fine. Natural voices are fine. But back to these other people, those with professional experience. Easy to get into podcasting. But the flip side of it is true. One of the ways you can actually get better with your voice in podcasting is to go get on stage. Yeah. Go get on stage. That's how you get better talking. You get better talking by being on a podcast, absolutely. But you also get better by speaking in a group. Because sometimes when you're out there speaking on stage, microphones don't do what you would like for them to do. And you got to project. I'm pretty good. I can speak in most places without a microphone. I'm pretty loud. That takes time to develop. Not everybody can. I get it. But if you go and get some of these speaking gigs... You can do it. And I don't really care what they are. I mean, I, I like Ignite, Ignite-style talks. Uh, Pecha Kucha, which I know I'm not pronouncing properly, don't really care. Poetry slams. Open mic nights for comedy if you fancy yourself a comedian. Any opportunity to get up on stage, even going to, to events and asking questions. If you go to a conference, a convention, get up to that microphone. 
when the presenters are done wrapping up and asking for questions, run your happy butt up there and have a question and speak and get used to it. I'm not a voice a voice coach. I can't help you with getting overcoming challenges that you might have with your voice other than to say, go do it. Because those who have professional and even amateur on-stage speaking experience have a much easier time of this. So go find it. That's my message to you. Go find it. And if you're out there listening and you happen to be a professional speaker that has yet broken into podcasting, this is your golden ticket. This is your green light moment. You've got it easier than the rest of the people because you know your voice. It's pretty important to know your own voice. I'm curious how you, the working podcaster, feel about your voice. You can tell me right here in the comments if you like. You can also go to flick.group slash podcast pontifications and tell me right there. How do you feel about your voice? How do you feel about this show? Do you feel like uh, buying me a coffee? Because, you know, I don't run ads. You're not paying anything to listen to my to my sonorous tones and my crazy ideas four times a week. But you can buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash Evo Terra. And if you are in business and need someone looking at the strategies of podcasting and how they relate to your business and more importantly, your business goals and outcomes and objectives, that's what my firm does. Get in touch with me, would you? Evo at podcastlaunch.pro or go to podcastlaunch.pro to see a list of the services we offer clients all around the globe. Happy weekend, everyone. See you on Monday for another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, 
PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.